Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Happy Hanukkah! Festive Kwanzaa! Wonderful Winter Solstice! Ramadan? Let's have some fun! I'm Jeff White with Ticketfly, and we're on Promoter 101. Merry Christmas to one and all. It's Promoter 101's 12 Days of Christmas. Super spectacular. We're running interviews from the 20th to the 31st of December. I'm Dan Steinberg, and now to unveil the surprise guest of the day, Mr. Luke Pierce. Dan, no better gift on Christmas Day than what we've got coming on next on Promoter 101. This is holiday bite-sized versions to get you through the week. From New York, the mogul himself, Fast Eddie Mycone, who's going to take us from his days at Radio City Music Hall all the way today, managing Kristen Chenoweth. Hello, this is Sarah Mertz, Julia Frank, Darielle Hyatt, Ali Spagnola, LX, Marsha Flesick, Andrea Johnson, and we're on Promoter 101. Promoter 101. Promoter 101. Appearing live on Promoter 101. We continue our world tour. Catch us when we come to a town near you. Next on deck for Promoter 101, we'll be live at the FlyCon Conference in the Big Easy, New Orleans, January 16th at 2 p.m. We'll be recording Promoter 101 live with a special guest from Lockin and the Brooklyn Bowl, Mr. Peter Shapiro. Looking forward to it, Dan. Yeah, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at The Jew. The show's at Promoters 101, and it's plural, Promoters with an S, 101. And you can always catch Luke at W. Luke Pierce. Of course, it's Dan and I talking every week. You hear enough of us, but it doesn't have to be that way. We're ready to listen. Send us an email with your ideas to steiny at promoter101.net. We can't wait to hear what's on your mind, and we give you our sworn promise to respond to every inquiry in a timely manner because you matter to us. Hey, Jim Cressman, Invictus Entertainment Group, and you're listening to Steiny on Promoter 101. For this Christmas edition, we're going to be joined by our featured guest, Eddie Mycombe, a.k.a. Fast Eddie, a music industry legend, having run both Radio City Music Hall and at Time Madison Square Garden, to an agent at Paradigm, to managing Kristen Chenoweth. He is one of the legends and an incredible storyteller. Welcome to the podcast, Eddie. Promoter 101, we're at New York, the Plaza, and I'm joined by a legend, Fast Eddie Mycombe in the house. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time. Shelly Schultz gave me that name. Really? How'd that happen? I have no idea. It's when I took over... Uh, Atlantic City called me Fast Eddie Mike Cohn. It's crazy. You got one of the best pitches in the room. You were a closer. Watching you work is amazing. It was, I think we were at the London Bar a couple of years ago. And man, it was like, Seth, we'll go into the bullpen, like calling in the closer. That was good. That was a great meeting. I remember that. That was fun. So you manage Kristen Chenoweth. I now manage Kristen Chenoweth for the last two and a half years. How did that happen? To make a long story very short, Robin Williams was a client of mine for a long, long time, obviously passed away. And Whoopi Goldberg called me and said, uh, hey, you know, I'm going out to Robin's funeral. You want to go? And originally I thought she and I were going to be on a bus. So, you know, I said, sure, I'll go because that's how Whoopi goes on a bus. And then Whoopi called and said, oh, by the way, I have a plane. I'm like, even better, Teterboro, you know, go out 
get a hotel room change, fly back that day. So she called me and said, hey, by the way, I invited Kristen Chenoweth. I'd never met Kristen. So I got there early and she showed up with her assistant and immediately thought that I was Whoopi's road manager. It was kind of funny. And I said, no, I'm just a friend. She gets on the plane and Whoopi shows up pulling her own bag. So I help Whoopi get on the plane. Kristen just started chatting about her career, et cetera. And Whoopi said, you should talk to Eddie. So on the way home, she told me some issues, things she was told. And I said, listen, I'm just going to tell you, honestly, I really think that these are the things you should do. So I met with her again. I met with her dad and the rest is history. And it's been fun. I give credit to ICM and Steve Levine and Jess Froman. And they have a great team. I hired Steve Levine at ICM. What year was that? That was, it's a great story. That was 1982. Three, maybe. They asked me to go to California because, you know, in those days I had, you know, the Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Dana Carvey, Dennis Miller, Kevin Nealon, all those folks. And, you know, Bernie Burlstein and Brad Gray were, that was my team. You were the Burlstein Gray, like Saturday Night Live guy. Exactly. Even my bag. Look, I brought my HBO comedy bag. That's older than you are, I think. <laughs> so I said, no, thank you. But I sent Steve and now he's the, you know, he's the big guy and he's got a great roster, great clients. Amazing roster. I don't think there's a marquee in Vegas that doesn't have a comic on it that he didn't cut that deal. He's awesome. He works hard and he's in early, just personable and-, and An amazing mind. He can remember where every show's ticket count is at. Yeah, he does. He's and good at that. It's just amazing because you're sitting there and it's like, it's six months away. How do you retain that? He listens. And in fact, I've learned from him and from others to listen. Obviously, Kristen's career is going great and you guys have got a bunch of things going on. I mean, she's a quadruple threat. The Broadway, the acting in the movies, the TV shows. I mean, I I love her best from West Wing. I mean, you guys did the hosting gig of the Tonys last year. There's nothing she's bad at. Yeah, she just did the Chris Hartwick show last night. I mean, I set my alarm to wake up to watch it. And it was, it was awesome. Your name is synonymous with Radio City Music Hall. We can't talk about you without talking about it. You were there for years. You ran the house. You made it what it was. I helped make it what it was. I was hired in uh, 1989 by a guy named Scott Sanders. Just great to work with. And basically, I was at ICM and uh, we had different management, obviously, than it, there's now. And I got a call from Scott about coming over and being director of entertainment because a good friend of ours had passed away and the slot needed to be filled, obviously. And I, I said, listen, and I was a vice president, whatever that means at ICM. We expanded the position. I told him what I would do. Scott said, no problem. I actually took a cut in pay and I went over there and Scott had started to expand the programming and then we just kept going and we got into TV shows. We got into, we produced six Super Bowls. We'd literally go to LA spend two weeks at the Bel Air Hotel. I know that sounds horrible. And we would meet every manager, every agent, never go around man agents, but always meet with everybody. And we were actually the first ones because we had to get people to come here. And my dear friend, Ron Delsner and John Shearer would yell, ah, it's an old dump. Tom Jones plays there. Peter Allen plays there. You know, Diana Ross plays there. Barry Manilow, nothing cool is going to play there. And we're like, this is a cool venue. You, should, you can make money here. So we started sending with our offers and we never overpaid, but we started sending our marketing plans. I really think that's where it all started. You know, like now you, I mean, you book a comic, you got to send a marketing plan. It's kind of crazy. You book a 250 seat club with an act the first time through with a $150 marketing plan. I know it's nuts. And I'm one of the believers that, you know what, if you know your marketplace, you know what, you know better than I do. But so that's how we started. We got turned down a lot, but then we started getting yeses. And one of the greatest things we did when Scott Sanders got 
you know, bet to do those 30 shows. And it was an honor to be working on those. But then from that, you know, I mean, I think we did 10 Yanni's, we did 16's, we did two John Marks, I think. And in those days, we were owned by the Rockefeller Group. I remember Howard Rose saying, you know, it's not your money. And I'm like, Howard, listen, if I don't do well, they're going to fire me. I mean, it's that simple. So it is my money. I'm just not spending the money and saying, oh, we lost a hundred grand or whatever. This is big time. But what we did was we expanded with, you know, we got the Rockettes on a touring show. We got the Rockettes to Vegas. I was proud of that. We did, like I said, our Super Bowls, co-produced the first uh, Penn and Teller, Don't Try This at Home, and the stunt in front of Radio City where Penn runs over Teller. I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know. I think it's mine. Penn thought it was his. doesn't matter. <laughs> We're all sitting around a room just BS. And we all said, wouldn't it be great if a tractor trailer ran over Teller? <laughs> And then, and we did it. And then also we did the first, uh, we produced the first Polestar. We had me, Bill Graham, the Rockettes. I had Penn and Teller, obviously, as the, as the entertainment and the MCs. It was awesome. I kind of wonder now that Billboard has forsaken New York for LA and Polestar is back in LA for the conference, there is no mainstream conference here. Do you think one of them will return to New York? I mean, it's such a great market for that. I think it's no different than the Grammys area. I mean, the Polestar conference has never been here. And now that Oakview Group has bought Polestar, you got to think they're going to see the big picture. I would think that Jim Dole and Irving will want to bring it to New York, I would think. It's weird not to have that hang anymore because that billboard bar was a great hang. I don't think there's a better bar hang in the industry. And that went on for 10 years. Yeah. And hangs are important. We just can't do iPhones all day long. There's a relationship and a conversation and you know the person, you've spent some time with them. There's a bond there. Oh, totally. I'm blessed that I have the time, but I call every buyer, every marketing person and they are like, who, who are you? It's nice to know that you give me, here's my cell number, call me anytime. Are you kidding me? It's nice for them to know they can pick up the phone and call me. Gotta talk to people. Let me ask you about switching from being an agent to going to run a venue. You had such an amazing roster. You were set for life with that roster. At ICM? Yeah. You know, I started there in uh, 76 as the head of the uh, college department and Shelly Schultz hired me. Then I did colleges. Then I went in to do, you know, the Northeast for promotion. Motors. I went out to cover a Jefferson Starship show. Came back and I had two kids. I had a house. It was nuts. You know, you, you've had those days. You're like, what the hell am I doing this for? And I walked in and I said to Shelly, I said, I can't take this. I can't do this anymore. You know, I mean, I love Bill Thompson who managed, you know, Jefferson Starship. He's now deceased, but what a great guy. And he was a real close friend. And when he come to the city, we'd always hang out. But certain band members, you know, they just, it was just getting out of hand. So Shelly goes, no, don't worry about it. Go cut your hair, go buy some suits. Monday, you're going to be our casino guy. All right, we got a limo. We're going to go down. Here's the list. Start calling these people, set up interviews. We're going to go down and meet all the 10 casinos. So I go down and they're smoking and they're drinking in those days in the limousine. It's 11 o'clock in the morning, by the way. And I'm like, <coughs> you know. So we get down there, we do our whole routine. We meet everybody. Then I followed up with letters in those days. And then I went back myself and I just started working the casino and, and uh, getting people to buy. People like Eddie Murphy and Billy Crystal and Robin Williams and Suzanne Summers and, you know, it's all this stuff. I mean, I sold the ice capades to the Tropicana for an entire summer. The guy said, you know, the escapades, we don't do anything in the summer. I go, well, why don't we go to Atlantic City? So we went to the Tropicana and then we created a show called Uptown It's Hot. 
which we did for a whole summer again at the Tropicana. And we, I tried to create production shows. It's a couple of things for Trump Plaza. So it was a lot of fun. I don't know. I did that till it was just time to move on. But you could have been an agent for the rest of your career and been set for life. Yeah, no, I mean, it was Steve Levine. It would have been Steve and I. Think about that now. It would have been crazy. He'd be on the West Coast and I'd be on the East Coast. But it didn't work out that way. What happened was ICM bought ATI. The guy who ran this thing was Bill Elson. And he just didn't understand me. He used to say to me, I don't understand why you put down, you know, tip maitre d $20. But you have it down like every time you walk into a venue. And I would say to him, look, when I walk in with Joan Rivers or I walk in with Tom Jones or I walk in with Robin Williams, they want to say, not only they want to hear, hello, Mr. Williams, hello, Mr. Ms. Rivers. They want to hear, oh, hello, Mr. Mike Cohen. Joan Rivers especially, she loved being with the best. That was her thing. She likes high-end stuff, which was pretty obvious. In fact, one day I was here at the Plaza Hotel. I had a meeting with Trump and I was on my way to Atlantic City and I forgot my watch. I stopped right on the corner and I got, bought a fake Pateg Philippe for $15. So I get to Caesars, I change, put on my suit, I go to gig and I go backstage. I say, Gary, and then Joan comes back and you know, you have a suit on, you kind of do your watch. And she goes, what's that? And she looks at it. She goes, my, 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 aren't we doing well? So the next morning at 6 a.m. when I get up to drive home to go coach my kids soccer, the P and the T fell off. $15 went a long way though. Big time. You guys brought back a room that is the jewel of the city. Radio City is still epically cool and some of the best acts in the world fight to play there and it's impossible to get dates. It's, it's, it's impossible. We used to think about doing, you know, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. It's like, it doesn't matter. You, you know, we could, you could do Sunday afternoons there now. You know, it's really quite amazing. And the things like I chased Reba McIntyre for almost three years. She's playing arenas. But then this was big, 15 trucks. Unheard of. We did two shows. It was awesome. What we did at Radio City, which was great, was we just said, listen, you know what? We're going to do this on our own. And, you know, of course, Ronnie and John and, you know, just bad rap on us. And I love these guys, but they were like, Ronnie used to call me the choir boy. We go to meetings to do something with the city. Like we took over the Reebok River stage. When you're talking about Delsner. Yeah. And when I just started in 1989 at Radio City, so Scott and I went down to meet with the planning board and Ronnie had put a bid in to do, it's right in front, right just south of the Intrepid. There was a pier there and we were going to call it the Reebok River Stage. So we got Reebok to, you know, put up the money, et cetera. <laughs> Ronnie stood up in the meeting literally and said, see these guys? He goes, and he points to me. He says, see that guy? He may look like a choir boy, but he's the devil. He will tell you he'll freeze the Hudson River and charge people to ice skate. That's a true story. <laughs> and so we got the bid. We lost our ass, and I'll tell you why. I didn't know it, but I guess somebody, and it wasn't Scott Sanders, somebody made a deal where we'd only have an $18 top ticket. You know, 5,000 seats, do the math. And then I can't remember we had then. So we had a three-year lease. So the second year, I think we leased it to like some guys who had like uh, circus acts on there and stuff. And then the third year, it just sat empty, the Reebok River stage. And the best part, the chairman of our company at that time, Willie wore Adidas and Reebok was obviously our sponsor. So they wanted me to go back and tell Willie Nelson 
to take off his boots and wear these Reeboks? Of course, I already knew the answer. So I go back and I tell everybody, you know, no, thank you. But that's just marketing 101. Some of the times in the industry have changed and people have changed and the players have changed. But through it all, it's all about relationships. Totally, totally. There are a few people that can work a room amazingly. Bill Silva, Wayne Fortier, and up on the top of that list, you can work a room like no one I've ever seen. It's an art, and you're a master at it. My father used to say, if you don't go, you don't know. Treat people with respect, you get it back. I mean, Wayne Forte. I mean, Wayne and I started together. I mean, he's like my old, one of my oldest showbiz friends. We started a little place in 1972 called College Entertainment Associates. And I'm happy for his success. We made $100 a week and we shared meatball sandwiches every day. Oh, I love him. He's great. He's a good guy. And what you say about relationships is like getting those phone calls. You know, you, there are certain people who will call you. I'll give you a perfect example. David Hart used to work for me at CEA in the old days, called me and said, there's a show in Ireland. I just called this guy, Morris Cassidy. He's one of the producers of Riverdance. Trust me, Eddie, you got to get on a plane and go. I trust David Hart. Ringo's manager, Dave Hart, right? Yeah. Next day, I got on the Concord. I flew to Ireland. I saw the show. Went to dinner late with Morris Cassidy. Sitting over in the left-hand corner was Eric Clapton. I'll never forget. We made our deal. I flew home. I got back the next day before I left, kind of like because of the Concord, which doesn't exist anymore. But I got to fly it three times and one of the greatest things ever. So getting... Riverdance, all because of David Hart and all because I trusted him. It was one of the biggest tours that year. We did, me, Glancy, Joe Killian, I mean, and it still goes, you know, the best part was when they came and, and we made our deal, you know, they were, they needed cash, cash flow. And we had talked about maybe waiving our rent and taking a piece. And I, I forget, I went to the Rockefeller group and I said, listen, I know we're not taking a lot of risk. We, you know, we do our shows, but I'm telling you, we waive the rent. We get a piece. This thing's going to be around for a long, long time. And they said, Eddie, thank you. And, but we, we can't do that. If we had, whoo-hoo. <laughs> you know, I'd still be sitting there probably. <laughs> and if not, who cares? You know, they'd be still making Lord Jacoby could, you know, whoever, it doesn't matter whoever takes the credit. But uh, yeah, that was a deal that was just, it's timing. You know, now they, it's a proven entity. It's a no brainer. Normally a dance show would have been to a very limited crowd of people that like ballet or right. people that had a world taste. But this really was a paradigm shift in the culture. Well, what changed was in those days, you wouldn't do a PBS special because you think, oh, people are going to watch it and not going to pay. It was just the opposite for Riverdance. And that's when, the, that's when it changed. And use it as a marketing tool. So even now, you know, you, you want, if you, well, it's hard to get those, but you, know, you get a PBS special, you tie it in. That's what they do. You know, you know better than anybody. You give away the tickets, you plug your tour. It changed with Riverdance. That whole paradigm changed. Yeah, the world is changing. And if you're not keeping up to date with the new forms, you're missing out because people are communicating through Facebook Messenger, which I used to push back on because I thought adults do business via email or over the phone. I've changed my thinking. I do business the way that people that have products that I'm going to make money do business. If you've got a product that I'm going to be able to make money at, we're in a service business. I'm going to respond to you in the way you want to see it. If it needs to be smoke signals, I'm in. Well, I think you just said the key. It is a service business. And that's what people need to remember. 
And I think more than ever, every time I read something about AEG or Live Nation, I see what they're doing now and in their venues, et cetera. It's becoming like, let's just call it client first. You know, now when you go into a McDonald's, they say, welcome, hello, guest, what can I get you? I mean, it's service is key. And if you're not in the service business, you're not in business, I think. You want people to come back and you want people to talk about it because that's the best advertising you can get. Satisfied customers telling other friends. It doesn't matter if you're an artist or a hamburger. People spending money, you want them to leave happy and tell people that it was a great experience because things don't go viral unless people are out there talking about it. Yeah, we used to say at Radio City, you know, the, the kids who come to the Christmas shows with their parents, they're the kids who are going to come back and go to the concerts. And then we started doing, obviously, more kid shows. And that's another thing that changed in our business, you know, doing kid shows. I mean, that was big, big business. That's genius because it doesn't matter where money is and how tight it is. People are going to spend money on their kids regardless. And it's insane. In fact, I was when I was coming over here today, I was thinking, I was laughing. The biggest bar we ever did, this is when we only had one bar in the lobby downstairs where the bathrooms are. So I went down to see... Leonard Skinner, they didn't want to play Radio City. And I was like, dude, you know, come on. So I get, I go down to Atlanta, I do my dog and pony show, I hang out, spent a couple of days, saw the band, came back. They said, yes, we'll play. No problem. Kids standing up. You couldn't take drinks into the theater in those days. Now you can. I used to beg to make a, a go cup, but we did a $50,000 bar. Now in those days, that was like mega. Now I can't imagine what bar numbers they do. Right, because beers weren't $8 back then. Yeah. When you go to the Christmas show, it used to be you got popcorn and a Coke for 10 bucks. I mean, I don't want to tell you what that cost, you know, the real cost. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, that's where the money's made. I mean, the margins have to come from somewhere. Yeah, and, and again, the, and, you know, and it and also provides, you know, for, you know, they don't make money on every show either. You know, there's times where they lose, and uh, but they're, they're not missing a meal. And I, I was, it was great to work there 13 years. We had great folks, you know, glancing. And then Lori Jacoby and Joe Killian worked for us. It was awesome. It was every night when I'd leave, I'd stand on that stage and just look at those 5,600 seats and go, this is the greatest gig of all time. Can you give the younger people coming up in the industry some advice? Yeah. I mean, I would say um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Be polite. Be respectful. And go with your gut. And I tell the story, Christopher Cross, I got, a, I got his record three or four months before it's going to be released. You know, I just got a copy of it and it sat on my turntable. Yes, a turntable in my office at ICM. And the next time I heard it, I didn't even listen to it. I was just so busy doing whatever I was doing was on the radio. And I was like, oh, I guess I blew this one. <laughs> yeah, his first record. He got four Grammys. And another one was when I was at Paradigm, I got a call about the reunion of new kids on the block. Again, the attorney is a friend of mine. And I didn't call him back. And I just lost. And I was, I was one of those guys still had the pink slips, you know, old school. You know, I'd write it out and I'd work through my pink slips, you know. Yeah, you got to You got to act. You know, don't wait. You got to act. And don't be afraid to fail. That's the bottom line. It's funny. You think like, you know, you interview guys who've done this for five years. You interview guys who've done this for 50 years. You know, I've done this 45 years. And I'm... I get calls all the time about projects and, but I, I only want to, you get to a certain time in your life where you can pick the ones you want to do. And that's when it's really cool. I mean, it's cool when you're, someone's yelling at you too. And you, you got to find a Tuesday. I remember finding Tuesday nights on Shanana in the old days, but when you did it, 
it was cool. You felt accomplished. Eddie, I want to thank you so much for taking time and talking to us on Promoter 101. Oh, man, it's great. It's an honor to be invited, and I hope we'll learn something and continue to. Fast Eddie is straight up a legend. He just oozes cool. This is Eric Dimenstein from Ground Control Touring. I'm on Promoter 101. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, send us an email to steiny at promoter101.net. We're wishing all of our listeners out there a very Merry Christmas. We appreciate you tuning in to Promoter 101 for your Christmas fix. We hope you enjoyed day six of the 12 Days of Christmas on Promoter 101. And thanks to our special guest, Fast Eddie Mycone, for joining us today. Don't worry. There are six more days of this to come. This is only the sixth day of 12 Days of Christmas. We're going to be doing this every day until December 31st. So be on the lookout for a new featured interview that you haven't heard on Promoter 101. Tune in tomorrow, December 26th for day seven. You'll find out who the next guest is. Till then, we're wishing you sold out shows and we'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Hi, this is Julia Frank from Wizard Promotions in Germany and we're on Promoter 101. Let's have some fun! Ooh. Ba-da-ba-ba, ba-da-ba-ba.